Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Great. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. It is Wednesday and it's the first of June. It's a beautiful day here in Anchorage. It's just uh, going to be a scorcher out there, 72 degrees. I don't know how people live like this. But it's uh, wonderful to have John Quick on the show with me there. I see, John, you've got a, a blurred background. That means you're in an undisclosed location. Yeah, we are, we are living the rough life uh, on one of the islands in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're not, really from, you're not really somewhere in Alaska right now, but, but, but close. Close yeah. enough. Five hours. I'm, five hours. I'm there in spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we want to uh, welcome you to the show today. We have a uh, special thanks to Charlie Pierce for governor for sponsoring our show. And John, I want to give a shout out to him and his his team. Really appreciate the support for uh, the Mustard Alaska show from Charlie Pierce for governor campaign. That is uh, a big help to us. There's a lot of uh, ancillary costs to running a podcast. And of course, we want to get this uh, conservative side of the news out to everywhere in Alaska. And so that support really helps us do that. It's very encouraging. And so, John, uh, today is a, is the filing deadline for uh, to be on the primary ballot for August 16th primary. There are so many elections going on right now. This is insane. Okay, first of all, let's just back up. The ballots went in the mail yesterday for the people in Anchorage who are in the 12th, in the going to be in the 12th seat in the downtown district where they're electing another assembly person. They're going to have 12 people on the assembly in Anchorage, which is very awkward if they ever get to a 6-6 split. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Normally, when you have a legislating body, you kind of like to have a bit of a... Uh, of an offset. You don't like to have it even like in the Senate, in the U S Senate, they have 50 people, but if they get to an absolute tie, then what the vice president breaks the tie. Right. So in the, in, in the assembly on Anchorage, they've had 11 seats. Now they, they're having an election right now for the 12th seat, but it's only for the downtown people. And in the meantime, the whole state is getting to uh, mail in their ballots for the special of a special election to replace Don Young temporarily. In other words, this is the temporary election to fill out his term and his term ends in January. So we've got 48 people on that ballot. And John, that uh, ballot went out on April 27th to all registered 570,000 voters in Alaska. And it's coming back in 92, 94,000 have already voted. And there will be a certain number that won't vote. Quite a few people won't vote because this is a mail-in election. This is this is kind of unusual for Alaska. But because Don Young died on March 18th and the division of elections had to hustle around and get a, another a special election in place. So the filing deadline was April 1st. The, ballot, the ballots went out on April 27th. They are due back in just 11 days. So we are 11 days from the end of the primary for that special election. 
And then the top four vote getters go to the general, which will be held same day as the regular primary on August 16th, and people will rank them. So right now, that's very dynamic. We've got, uh, obviously, a lot of news about Sarah Palin. We've got lots of things happening in the Nick Begich campaign. We see Tara Sweeney signs everywhere. It's amazing. All over Alaska, Tara Sweeney's, it's not Tara Sweeney's campaign, but it's an independent expenditure group. It's the political action group that's uh, running alongside her to push her campaign forward and get her name ID out. Because when you have no name ID, and I'm telling you, some people think Tara Sweeney has name ID, but she does not. She's not a household word in Alaska, and they needed to get her on the same level as a Palin and a Begich because short time span, John, yep. not a lot of time to get your name out there. And, and I just got a note from somebody in Fairbanks saying, this place is smothered with Sweeney signs. They're everywhere. But I'm telling you, there's only about 20,000 votes left to get. So it's a, it's a matter of diminishing returns right now. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, she's definitely not a household name, even though she had, you know, big jobs and she was <clears throat> vice president of big native corporation and Donald Trump appointed her and all that kind of stuff. The average person, uh, on the Kenai Peninsula, never heard of her. So, but you know, just take that and times that all over the state, small towns all over Alaska, nobody's ever heard yeah. of her. And um, but I think it's a good strategy. Um, the Kenai Peninsula borough, uh, <laughs> oftentimes it's a joke. Whoever is going to win the mayor race is basically whoever has the most amount of signs out. And mm-hmm. this, if you're the sign king or queen, you're usually going to win on the Kenai Peninsula if you're running for mayor or something like that. And so. Um, this this race is different. I think I think that uh, there's still a lot of unfortunately a lot of confusion for folks. They even myself get confused at times. Okay, so I'm voting for one person now, and then four people later, and and there's a there's a special election, and there's a primary, and then there's a general, and it just is a lot for folks, even seasoned political super voters who vote every single time. I think it's a lot for folks. So don't feel, I guess my encouragement is don't feel like an idiot. If you got to go ask what the heck is going on here, you know, call the, call the um, election office for in the state of Alaska. And I've had a couple friends that have done this and the state of elections office has been very helpful. Okay. This is what's happening now. This is what's happening later. This is, you vote for one person now, you vote for four later. So um, oftentimes we Alaskans who live in Alaska don't like to ask for help. This is the perfect time to reach out and ask a friend or your local uh, elections office what the heck's going on because your vote is super important and we'd hate to have you not vote because you don't understand it. Oh, absolutely. It's th- This is probably the most confusing election year that I have ever been through. I started voting in Alaska when I was 18 and that was in the um, very, very early 70s. And so I, I haven't voted every year because I've moved in and out of Alaska. I, I mainly lived here most of my life, but there are times I've lived outside. And But it, but I've never seen in any place I've ever voted an election year as confusing as this with as many candidates as there are. I mean, this is insane. With 28 people running in the regular primary, with 48 people running in the special election, and then look at over at the U.S. Senate Senate seat um, where Lisa Murkowski is right now. You've got 19 people that will show up on the August 16th ballot. 
19 people that's are going to crazy. try that. I mean, that's just like, that's a lot of people. And a lot of, a lot of people jumped in that race. And so that's just the beginning. Now, because of redistricting, now redistricting is where we go around and we shift all of the House and Senate lines around the state to sort of reshift the population, to make up for the population shifts as they've shifted over the last 10 years. We do the, the U.S. Census, and then after that, redistricting play, takes place, and you end up with some different lines. And so because they do different lines, they renumber all the districts too. So all of the districts have different numbers. And we're going to be having an election for all of these districts, except for one of them, which is Don, um, is which is Senator Donnie Olson's district out of Nome and Gullivan. All of these districts now have a different number or a different letter. And they don't always completely associate with the exact district they were before because the lines have shifted. And so we all have to learn the new the new names of the districts and also the lines associated with them. And so, for instance, I'm just going to go through today. By the way, down at Division of Elections, things are really hopping. And I just got um, a note from somebody down there who says they are just they've just been hopping down there. The last update I saw was last night around 930. But I'm sure there'll be some more updates today. And by the way. Not every seat that is listed on the Division of Elections candidate list has, has a candidate in it yet. And that's because some of these candidates are waiting to the very last minute to file. We'll know later today, and maybe we could pop up a podcast tomorrow or, or the next day. Um, but we'll know later you know, who's, who's in what, what race. But right now, if we take a look at, let's just take a look at some of these, John. Um, Oh, we've got a lot of people running for governor, too. Let me tell you how many people are running for governor. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten so far running for governor. Now, in uh, in state in in, the, in Senate seat A, that's uh, uh, that's Petersburg, Sitka area. You have just two Republicans running in that in that seat. And it's really interesting because that. That is a seat that's kind of leaning more Democrat, but Bert Stedman's in that seat. And we don't know if there's going to be anybody else actually file. Look at state uh, Senate seat B. That's Juno. And that's just Jesse Keel, Senator Jesse Keel. He's the only one in there. He's a Democrat. Nobody has stepped up to challenge him. Uh, in Senate uh, state Senate seat C, that's an interesting one. And that's the one that Gary Stevens is in. So Gary Stevens. It represents, he's from Kodiak and he represents Kodiak and hold on, I'm getting a message from somebody down at the division of elections. And it looks like somebody is filing at this very minute and somebody's sending me a picture. I'll find out who that is. Uh, but but uh, Gary Stevens is, has been in the legislature since 2001 and he started out as a representative in 2003 he was uh, actually moved over to the Senate I can't remember who left the Senate but he moved into there and then he's been in the Senate ever since and he's been Senate president a chair of rules committee chair of the legislative council he is the oldest guy in the legislature and also the one who's been there the longest. And there are two Republicans who have filed against him this time, John, and, and there, a couple of them are from your neck of the woods. Now this covers all the way up to Clam Gulch on the Kenai. So you've got Walter Jones, who's a truck driver, a veteran of the U S army for 18 years, real staunch conservative, kind of, you know, just a you know, good old boy kind of guy, really great guy. 
and he's filed. And then Heath Smith, another Republican, and Heath Smith was on the Homer City Council. Great conservative. It's hard to imagine him sitting on the Homer City Council. But for years, he was, he was six years on the Homer City Council. And he was really, he's really liked in Homer, even if people don't agree with his politics, they really like him because he's a super nice guy. And so if you're not voting for Gary Stevens for Senate, you're going to vote for maybe Heath Smith. And then and what about your second vote? Because remember, you've got three people going onto the ballot right now. Maybe there'll be a Democrat, but right now just three Republicans. And the top four go to the November election. So that means all three of these will probably go to the November election, right? Yeah. That's where you rank them. Yeah, the, um, I can tell you the flavor of <laughs> Gary Stevens and Homer, because Gary, you know, Gary Stevens lives in Kodiak, but his, one of his, his district is obviously in Homer. And Gary Stevens com- comes to Homer maybe three times a year, waving to them from a boat. <laughs> that's about how many times Gary Stevens hangs out in Homer and, and the conservatives in Homer are not big fans of him. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Um, but I think Gary Stevens is probably toast, hopefully toast this election cycle. Um, <clears throat> he is the quintessential entrenched politician. He's been the mayor of Kodiak served on every sort of board in the world. Um, he's been in politics for a very long time and he, for folks, that are uh, don't like the uh, the old phrase. Well, that's just how it goes. Uh, Gary Stevens is a just that's just how it goes kind of person, and he doesn't. He's not a. He doesn't really vote with the conservatives in Alaska. He's kind of that middle of the road, kind of center Republican. And um, I think he's probably center left Republican. I, I think the last time he, I, a vote that he made that really irritated me was on the the transgender in, in girls sports bill. And he voted against it. And I thought, come on, Gary, you know, just can you at least vote in favor of the girls for once? I mean, come on, you're so woke. He's gotten a little woke for me and a, a lot of, a lot of woke for a lot of people, I think, but yeah. uh, he's always voted against the permit, the full permit fund dividend. And so he's one of those that is not, uh, you know, he's a gentleman. He's a nice guy. He's a university professor, retired and quite, quite a, a nice man. But he has gotten, and maybe he's always started out, he went to the University of Oregon, maybe that's where it happened. But he's just a super, super liberal kind of guy. Yeah, definitely not a, he's not a Republican as me and my friends would say <laughs> what it takes to be Republican. And um, he, he's bought and paid for by the teacher unions, essentially. That's, oh, yeah. He's any sort of education bill that's more funding, it's no questions asked. Um, and uh, the teacher union in Alaska loves Gary Stevens. So if you're at Homer and you're listening to this and you can't stand how, um, not, I'm not, this has nothing to do with teachers. This has to do with union leadership. I cannot stand teacher union leadership infiltrating politics and basically making politicians become NASCARs and having their stickers all over them. Gary Stevens is the teacher union guy. That's him. And if oh, yeah. you can't stand that at Homer, you need to get behind one of these candidates and figure out how to get them elected uh, or else, you know, the Gary Stevens machine exists because with a flick of a switch, he can organize every teacher in his district to go somewhere, to hold signs, to donate this to this, to show up to this meeting. And uh, that's a very powerful thing to have at the, you know, your beck and call. And it's going to take folks in Homer and Kodiak 
conservative folks in Homer and Kodiak getting organized and um, kicking this guy off the seat. And uh, I look forward to that day. Okay. Well, so, you know, I, I've, uh, I've not met the two people who are running against him, so I, I really can't say I've, yeah, I, don't I, haven't sized, I haven't sized him up. Uh, but anyway, that that's a race to watch. I think that, that we might see uh, Senator Stevens retired this cycle. That would be my guess. Now, I, I just got news that over in Senate, uh, Senate seat O, which is, uh, O is in October, uh, Mike Shaw, that's the new seat. It used to be seat D, but of course, like I said, it was redistricting, they renumbered, re-lettered everything. So it's now called O. This is like, hate this redistricting stuff, man. It's just so, it's just so hard. It's going to take me 10 years to figure it out. And then, and of then course, we'll, have, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll start again. So anyway, that's Mike Shower's district. Okay, so that's the very conservative district that I think is District E is what it was. And um, that was where you remember, that was Mike Dunleavy's district. And then when Dunleavy became governor, they ended up uh, appointing somebody. They appointed Mike Shower. Mike Shower has run and, uh, and won that seat since then. Well, Doug Massey has just filed for that seat. Now, yesterday or the day before, he filed a letter of intent to run for uh, for Senate. Or, or to, I think he, 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 he indicated he was going to run for Senate. But today he made it official. He just finished signing up at the division elections to, to file for that valley seat. Now, who is Doug Massey? He comes from a long uh, time family out there in the valley. He just retired as the uh, wildlife uh, director for the Department of uh, Public Safety. So he's he's a trooper who's just retired. So he's law enforcement, and he has just now filed for to, to run for Senate against the sitting uh, senator. So that's going to be Republican against Republican. I don't know what to make of that one. Uh, I know that that Doug Massey is going to have the support of a lot of law enforcement people and the, the law enforcement unions, but we'll just have to see how that shakes out because. Uh, because Mike Shower is, is pretty popular in this district. So I, I'll, I don't know how to size that one up, John. Just don't know. Yeah, it's uh, Mike Showers is so epic. He's, he just, he, I love the guy because he doesn't give two hoots about what the entrenched Republican candidates uh, feel about him. And even though Mike Showers is probably loved and adored in his district by the Republicans, Mike Showers is despised by the um, the normal Republicans, um, all the normal, the wait, 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 what's that? What, tell me, explain yourself. What's a normal Republican? It's, uh, the Republican that's been a registered Republican for 30 years and, uh, um, only likes to elect the status quo. Okay. Like sort of more mainstream Republicans yeah. or, or part party and Republicans. They cannot yeah, he's a, stand yeah. this guy because he does these Facebook lives and he'll go into some committee meeting or something. Uh, uh, Senator Showers and and he'll think it's a bunch of you know jargon or BS and he'll come out and do a Facebook live about how this is wrong and that's wrong and this lacks integrity and this lacks you know nobody's telling the truth about this and these these people cannot stand him and I think it's so funny that he knows how to get under their skin you know he's a um, he's very smart with when it comes to tactical war stuff he's obviously was a fighter pilot he knows what he's doing. Um, His nickname is Dozer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, For a reason. Yeah. He's not, this is not just by happenstance. The guy's a smart guy. He knows how to get under people's skins, but I think it's going to be tough because you're going to see it have all these kind of middle of the, you know, middle of the road Republicans get behind this other guy 
and all well, these elected elected Republicans, you know, hard to say. Hard to say. This is the valley. You can't predict that. Well, I th- I'm talking all over the state. I think there's mm-hmm. people all over the state that are the um, nor- the you know the blah blah Republicans that want to see Mike the Showers blah, gone. Blah, they want to see Republican. They want to see Mike <laughs> Showers gone. They don't want Sorry. Mike Showers in the Senate another day, and they're going to back this guy. I don't know who this guy from Adam, but you know. Um, they're going to figure out how to get him money and get him signs and get him a website and get him volunteers. And I think it'll give Mike Showers a run for his money. I still, I still think Mike Showers probably wins, but um, you're going to see Republicans all over the state, I think, try to help this guy to knock Mike Showers off the totem pole. Interesting. We'll see, we'll see who else uh, files in that district. Now, interesting race developing in, um, in House District 13, and that's kind of a midtown district that right now, Andy Josephson, who's a hardcore partisan Democrat, is in that district. And it, it used to be called 17, I think, but the lines have changed. You can't really say it's all 17, but that's who he, he kind of represented that area. And so he, so Andy Josephson is sitting in that district. Chris Tuck, another registered Democrat, is in that district. His district used to be District 23. And so now they're both thrown into this District 13, kind of a midtown district. And so you have two uh, hardcore Democrats running in that district. And who, and then you have an independent, Tim Hewitt, and he's run before. And he's uh, kind of just a, he's, he's run a number of times and never done real well, but he, he's a, he appeared on the ballot a few times. Now, interestingly enough, you have Kathy Hensley. And Kathy Hensley is a registered Republican. And she's jumped into that district. And that district, the way it's drawn, is, is slightly Republican now. She actually has a good chance. So you could see Chris Tuck and Andy Josephson sort of splitting the vote. Remember, we all have a big open open primary ballot now. It's not like you've got a, 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 a ballot. Um, oh, by the way, breaking news, Johnny Depp just won the libel suit against his ex-wife, Amber Heard. Right. Just breaking news here on Must Read Alaska for all of those. Johnny Depp won his libel suit. But anyway, back to politics. <laughs> it's so dang because, handsome that Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I did I did watch one of his old movies the other day just to remind myself of what a, what a, a, a talented actor he is at least. Uh, so Andy Josephson, Chris Tuck, running against each other. Now Kathy Hensley jumps in. You'll know that name because she's run before. She ran for assembly and she lost recently in that district to Meg Zalatel. But her name recognition is really really good, and that. That district that she ran in for assembly, it's a different district than the one she's in for, you know, the, those assembly districts are here and then the, um, the house districts are over here. She's got different households now. That Zalatel assembly district was very liberal district, but the house district she's in is actually leans conservative. Kathy Hensley has a really good shot at winning this seat. And I think Andy Josephson and Chris Tuck know it because they're smart. They've been watching this for a long time. So we are going to see a lot of these uh, these races develop. Some of them don't, haven't had anybody sort of actually register in them. I'm, I'm going through the list right now. Sorry, I'm looking down. Like District 21, nobody has actually filed for that. The really hardcore Democrats, the actual Democrats with the Democratic Party backing on them, they will file before 4.59 p.m. today, down the Division of Elections or wherever they are around the state. Uh, the ones that don't want anybody to know what they're doing until they actually file. 
So that's what we'll see. We'll see uh, a, a bunch of people down there today. I probably go down to the division elections around four o'clock and hang out. I might even do a live stream down there and just see who comes and goes. It might be kind of fun. It's a sunny day. I get a lounge chair, bring a beer, you know, sit there on the, si- <laughs> on the sidewalk with a camera. I don't know. Might be good. That's hilarious. Well, it's um, there's there's probably some strategy behind waiting to the very last minute as opposed yeah. to putting your name in the hat two minutes after the <laughs> the things open up. And uh, <clears throat> I know that uh, this is going to be a election year unlike any other election year, just with redistricting and ranked choice voting and special elections. And I just want to, again, encourage people to stay involved. Um, it'll seem overwhelming and seem like, holy crap, what's happening? But just stay in tune, ask questions, ask, you know, uh, shoot us, man, shoot us a message. If you, if, you know, we can't respond to all of them. We get, <laughs> we get a lot of messages, but. Yeah, but this is what we're, we're trying to pay. We're trying to pay attention to you guys. Yeah. If you feel confused, uh, do shoot us a question. We're, we're here. Yeah. Uh, we want to have you stay involved and, and uh, we'd hate to have folks not vote or not be involved simply because it's very, it's overwhelming year for elections. And man, I hope Kathy Hensley does well. She is just such an awesome person. Um, she has, I think she's done, she's 0 for 2, unfortunately, but I think that that's kind of what it takes to get out there and get your name recognized. Um, uh, George Bush Jr. lost his first two elections. I think George Bush Sr. lost his first election too. You know, it's just, they, and they became president. You know, just you, you have to get out there, put your name out there and yeah. figure out the uh, odds and ends of what it takes to run an election. And honestly learn from your mistakes of losing to, in order to win. So I'm so happy that she threw her name in the hat again, and I hope that she can pull out a victory because I think it'd be great for the state. Right. What other stories do we have that, that you think are interesting? I mean, Mustard Alaska's had a lot of stories recently. I mean, I've wrote a story about, of course, the, the Gary Stevens race out there in Kodiak, Cordova, Clam Gulch race. We talked about that. And uh, of course, we haven't talked much about the, the, the race for the temporary house race that everybody's sort of looking at the 92,000 people that have voted. But interestingly enough, I, I did do a story over the weekend on all the, all the funding filing deadlines for the FEC with these candidates and what they look like. Some of them have done pretty well, like uh, Sarah Palin, she has raked in over $630,000 for her race, but she spent 530,000. And if you drill down into the FEC report, and I'm looking at it right now, a lot of the money that she spent has gone to like, I'm looking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. She's got like over 30 disbursements to a company called Conservative Connector. This is one of those fundraising mills. And there are some pretty big checks going out to them. 8,000, 6,000, 11,000, 13,000, 18,000, 19,000, 27,000, 46,000, 42,000, 44,000, I mean, 19,000, I mean, on and on and on. The, the campaign advocacy uh, management team that she's spending money on, the, 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 the fundraising mills that she's using to raise the money, because all of her money is coming from outside the state. It's coming from like 99% of it is outside the state, but she's raised a lot. But most of it is going back outside the state to these um, conservative connector and then this red curve, red sparks strategy for fundraising fees. 
and uh, send team for more fundraising fees. So win red for more fundraising fees. It is, it is just coming in the door and going out the door. But here's the deal. Sarah Palin doesn't need any help with her name recognition. She's the most famous Alaskan in history. So right now she's just raising money and then sending it back to the people who are raising it for her and not making a lot of progress reaching hearts and minds of Alaskans. Interesting thing about her race is I think those who vote for her in this first race, that's kind of her ceiling. She's a little bit Donald Trump like you either like her or you don't like her. You're not going to put her second on the ballot. That's just not typically what people will do. So I think she's going to find out what her ceiling is in this first go around. And that's what we're in right now. Yeah, it's um, one of the <clears throat> one of the articles that you wrote a couple, I think last week that I think is intriguing to a lot of folks in Alaska. We got a couple messages about it was, you know, for the if you've lived in Alaska for a while, you know, over the last 30 years, you've heard of this LNG project that we have <laughs> 30 year um, project in the making. Yeah, and, we don't have it. <laughs> yeah, and we have the FERC permit, which is a huge step. But um, a, there's a recent poll that came out that 62% of Americans support LNG exports to Europe to help countries reduce dependency on Russian uh, energy. And man, uh, you know, there's been some rumblings here on the Kenai Peninsula that this, the AGDC, if that's still what it's called, which is the state funded organization for the big LNG project, there's been some rumblings on the peninsula that that is getting a restart, that the They've had some meetings at uh, here on the peninsula. Um, Dunleavy went to like South Korea for. Well, he's in Japan or he was in Japan this week. Yeah. And, um, but the scuttlebutt is, you know, all these guys that were like, that's never going to happen. I've talked to some of them and they're like, it might happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I mean, you know, I've, I've heard that all my life. I just have to roll my eyes. Yeah. So it's the only project that shelf kind of quasi shelf ready permit wise in Alaska. Yes. That sure. you know the the um the big mine projects not even close to being permit shelf ready. This project is permit shelf ready. And uh man, it would it I don't want to sell I don't want to have China be the owner of the project. I want to have some US company be the owner of the project. But man, it would sure save the bacon here in Alaska. It would produce I've been to every sort of meeting out the wazoo, including meetings in DC on this project. And it would leave about um, about a thousand well-paying jobs just in on the Kenai Peninsula where the export is. It would have about five to 10,000 jobs while it's built. I mean, it's a massive project. And uh, um, I wanna encourage Dunleavy, man, if you have, positive stuff about this get it out there because nobody's hearing it from your office we're, we're hearing yeah, nobody, kn nobody knows he's been in japan working on this lng project yeah. this week and that's that's why you didn't see him at the memorial day events because he he scheduled this trip to japan so uh so it will I'll, I'll call his office i'll get some information on that and try to pop a story up about that because that is interesting and that actually does have some potential for us if we can do it right the way it was being devised under the walker administration would have given the chinese complete control over not just the, uh, the, the design of it, but the build of it, of the, of the pipeline. And he was uh, getting financing from Sinopac, which is like an, an other, uh, the Bank of China, that type of thing. He was getting all this Chinese money in, but that all comes at a cost. I mean, they end up owning the project and then they were going to buy the gas at a set price. And I just 
we all felt really uncomfortable about what was going on with China and ending up owning our, our project. So uh, it will be interesting to see if you can get a, a private company to get involved uh, that's not Chinese, that's uh, an American company would be, I think, preferred, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, um, I read somewhere, I don't know, it might have been in something you wrote uh, that uh, Senator Sullivan secured, I think, 12 billion. I could be wrong on that number, so don't hold me to that in um, federally backed loans specifically for this project in the um, federal infrastructure bill, you know, nine months ago. And, um, you know, somebody knows something. And I think it's off, if there's <laughs> if there is good news to report from folks that know stuff, let's start reporting it because um, it's bleak. <laughs> the economy is bleak and uh, it's good to have good news every once in a while. No kidding. I just saw this morning a, a news item that says that 25% of people approaching retirement are now going to postpone their retirement because of our economy and inflation that just can't afford to retire. And so that is really interesting. If those are the people that your generation expected to kind of get out the door so they, they could move into those seats. Let me tell you, people are not leaving their jobs. They realize the value of their investments as reduced by 12 to 25%. And they can't retire now because they, they've done the math. doesn't work. Yeah. Um, this economy is, uh, I mean, it, when they say life comes at you fast, man, the Biden administration has come at us fast. And he's done what he wanted to do, which is, you know, kind of completely take down oil and gas, which he's done. And so now we're paying the price. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, press release from his, from Sullivan's office. And uh, it looks like there is some movement on that. But again, you've got... Uh, Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm in charge, and you right. cannot count on anything being done with her. She is an absolute, just a, she's like, she's like Deb Holland, no better, no worse. She's just an absolute like Deb Holland. So I'm not really counting on it myself. So in other words, hang on to your uh, bank account and hang on to your property. Don't, don't go crazy and buy a bunch of property there in the Kiski thinking that you're going to make a million bucks. <laughs> I don't think so. Not this time around. Well, say so, so I think we're about out of time and I've got to get on to some write some news stories. This is a huge day. For anybody who's got news tips, please send them to me at Suzanne at mustreadalaska.com. If you've got news tips today, if you know of somebody who's filing that I should know about, please send me the news. I won't be able to get all the stories out today. It'll take me days to kind of work through some of this stuff. But um, news tips always welcome. And I'd like to thank the Charlie Pierce for governor for sponsoring our show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And John Quick, don't don't get a sunburn out there in Hawaii. Please <laughs> use your sunscreen, your SP forty, and I I'll will. do the same. I'll do the same here, man. I tell you, when it's seventy degrees here, it feels like it's ninety. It just—I don't know what it is about this weather that makes it feel so hot. But um, but it just feels hotter in Alaska. Everything feels more in Alaska, right? Yep, bigger, better. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Thanks, everybody.